Did you know that your subconscious mind cannot comprehend any conception of another consciousness other than your own? So when people find faults in other people or anything they say, what they're actually doing is projecting their beliefs, their ideologies and anything that sits in their subconscious mind. Most people are grossly unaware of how they communicate, what they say, gives away so much about who they are, even if they are being irreconcilable with their words. If only we could read deeper into somebody's communication style, we can figure out who they are when we're not looking. How deep? Oh, we're going to delve quite deep, Dave. We will decode some very interesting text messages, texting habits and common communication styles to reveal some fascinating and surprising insights about people's true nature, especially those who have something to hide. The knowledge and techniques I share in this episode can be applied to almost any text message. Not mine. Um, well, I have pulled some of your messages and you send so much. Well, look, if we're going to be analysing things, I think we should analyse my dirty, dirty wife's, oh, well, ex-wife's messages. Ex-wife? What? Have you divorced? Not yet, but the papers are being written up. What? It's why I sound so terrible. I've been drinking for the last, uh, well, five, six days straight. You're right, pal. Yes, I'm okay. I'm sure I'll find somebody else. After all, she wasn't all that, was she? I thought she was lovely. Yes, I did. I did too, to be honest. I'm sorry. Oh, Dave. Is this true? Yes. Oh, I'm so shocked. Oh, are you now? You who practically caused the whole thing. Whoa! What? How? You can't blame others, Dave. You're also partly to blame, Rob. What do you mean by that? You and her having your book clubs together, always talking about, oh my God, there must be another guy you could meet. Oh, you're so paranoid. Never said that. You shouldn't blame others. You should look at yourself first. Yes, exactly that. Oh, you're getting good at this, Rob. So what we just learned from Dave's communication style and what he has just said, he's representative of someone who thinks that others are always out to get him. The paranoid personality disorder is a pattern of suspiciousness and mistrust. And in Dave's case, we all know where that comes from. The very moment when he betrayed his own sense of self. He converted from being an angel to a devil because he felt he was being wronged. So instead of self-reflecting, you became arrogant, Dave. You looked for confirmatory evidence to blame everything else and everyone else around you. And it's time that you start realising that your troubles are very much self-imposed. Because you misinterpret all of your relationships and everything around you. <clears throat> and I know you're not going to like this, Dave, but honestly, you should seek therapy because no. that's going to help you find alternative perspectives on your personal issues, which can help you reflect. Oh, I'm reflecting, Suman. I'm reflecting. Amazing. I think that I'm not going to be there for you anymore. Those late nights when you're crying about your perceived view of the world. Huh? Your lack of sexual awareness. Excuse me? Who was there for you? It wasn't Angela. It was Dave. Yeah, and you did more damage. And now you treat... Well, at least I tried to help you. Dave, you always end up making me feel worse. Even more self-doubt and questioning my whole existence and everything around me. If anything, I'm so glad you're not going to be there. Hmm. Maybe I'll just stay quiet. Why don't you just try to reflect on this? Just just once. 
on some of the things you say. Right. And it's not really hard. All you have to do is just shut up for once, pay close attention, just apply this knowledge and everything I talk about. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, this can help you predict how successful you will be in your future relationships oh. based on how somebody is with you and what they I suppose say. suppose there's a chance I might find another girlfriend. Yeah, there is that as well. Why is your voice so high then? Because, uh, Dave, look. You've exposed yourself too much in this podcast. I'm not sure there's a woman out there that wants to marry a devil who's out there to destroy humanity. Oh, you'd be surprised, darling. A lot of crazy women out there. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah, there are. <laughs> yes, perhaps. Okay. As we talk about these text messages, as much as we are paying attention to what people are saying, I want to encourage you to think about what people haven't said, because sometimes it really helps to assess the situation or understand a person by thinking about what's lacking here. So instead of focusing on what we have, what don't we have here? What should we have had here? Even as little as one sentence can indicate if somebody is inherently a narcissist, downright toxic, a gaslighter, insecure, untrustworthy, or just fake as flowers. I replaced flowers for another word. Right, wait, so you're telling me that you can basically look at a text and go, right, I've dissected this now, I know your psychology behind it. Yeah. And we'll find out how. I've got some really good examples. Okay, that's rather useful. Yeah, I'd like to know when something's fake as fuck. Same, same. Stop me marrying some other bitch. In part two of this episode, I'll also be sharing my dating app text messages. Oh, This is particularly useful if you want to know what red flags look like in a form of a text message. Gosh, I have hundreds of examples to share, but I've brought a few for this episode. Horny men? No, not necessarily. Not horny men. Most of them just copying one message and sending it to like 10 people. They're just hoping somebody gets back to you, that kind of thing. Do you want penis? No. Okay. (laughs) Move on to the next one. Do you know how I'm kind of starting to see this when people cold call for sales and they say oh, yes. you know what it's just so scripted and they say the same thing and you're just like you haven't built empathy with me you haven't you know you don't even really know how to pronounce my name correctly why should i buy from you why should i even talk to you yes it's mostly the basic courtesy and manners these fake people lack which give away who they are and it's just really disappointing to think about the fact that there's just too many of them. You sure they're not bots? Robots. Well, yeah. Oh, I don't think they were. But they were certainly acting like one. Not very kind and human. Catfishes. Oh, don't bring it up. Dave, it's it's okay. That's in the past. Okay, we're over that. Okay. We're all just trying to forget here, so... I had forgotten. He was one who did it. I know. I've moved on. Bloody hell, very quick to move on, aren't you? Be like my fucking wife. No one's going to talk about this now, okay? It's been really hurtful. Okay, no more catfishing. It hurt me more than it hurt you. What did you just say, Rob? It hurt me more than it hurt you. What? How? I don't want to get into it. Oh my goodness, just when I think it's all going to be fine with Rob, and then he just... Remember to be empathetic, Sue Man. You hurt Rob. Oh, did I hurt Rob? By not conceding to his sexual advances. You make me sound like some sort of predator, Dave. Well, I mean, you did catfish a young lady. Yeah, but I'm younger than her. Oh, my God, the irony. I've just been talking about communication styles and how you should pay attention to what you say and how you say things. And look at us. Let's just act a bit more professional and considerate and be sensitive to each other, okay? Okay, no more talk of it. You read these texts out, which almost certainly didn't come from Rob. Okay. Firstly, the most annoying one. When someone leaves you on scene and doesn't reply promptly, even though they're online. Bit rude, isn't it? 
And then when they do reply, it's just really short. They don't give you anything more than what you've asked for. Well, isn't that a sign? I mean, that they're not really interested. I'm not talking about new relationships. These are people in your life. Your partner, your best friends. Oh my goodness. Well, I think you need to reevaluate those relationships. No, I'm talking about people you are connected with. You just don't feel like they respond to you in a way that should just be unasked for. Yes. In emotional terms. Yes, they're not connecting with you, are they? Yes, it seems like that. And they never text you in the first place. Um, their replies are not very prompt or elaborate as you'd expect, which comes across as quite rude and cold sometimes. Yes, you kind of like just a cold queen, an ice queen, a heavenly bitch like my wife. Because you know what I'm feeling she does this to me a lot actually, you know. Really? I'd send her a nice little clump of text telling her all the things I'm going to do with her when I see her. Well it's no wonder she responds like that if you send in that. Well, I mean I was just trying to be loving to her and she texts back saying, Okay, cool. I'm like what the fuck do I do with that? Well, you know, these people might be busy. She might have been elsewhere at work. What? On... Elsewhere doing what? Are you insinuating that she was cheating on me? No, no, not at all. Right, well... She could have been out to shops buying custard creams. Did she say something like, I'm a bad texter, Dave? Yeah, she goes, I don't really text. I don't really enjoy texting. If you're in a relationship with someone like this, let's assume you're dating this person and you know you're maybe six months 12 months into the relationship you can't help but take this personally you'll be confused angry you'll feel disrespected and you want to grow with this person but you always feel like they're resisting a little bit but they do love you it's not that this person's playing hard to get sometimes it's made me feel like they have something to hide. Mm. However, the likelihood is this is a defense mechanism for them. Oh, right. So she thought I was attacking her. No. If they're holding back and resisting, this is because this person doesn't value communication in the same way as you do. Let's call them the scene and reply later texting syndrome. Just call them bloody Angela. Okay. You can call them Angela. The seen and reply later texting syndrome suggests that this person has an avoidant attachment style. This is a term used by psychologists to explain the motivations and reasons behind such habits and attitudes. Basically, the attachment theory explains how people relate with other people and how we connect with people in our life in different ways. So this theory breaks down into three main categories. These are the attachment styles that describe how people typically act in a relationship. I normally attach in a doggy position. Pure fucking filth. Rob, can you make sure you edit this out and everything he said about Angela? What? I don't want her to listen to this and get upset. Okay. Someone with an avoidant attachment style will have a limited mental capacity for growing emotionally like with me. others. Yes. No, this isn't anything to do with mental capacity in a way that it's people's abilities. This is lack of capacity for growing emotionally with others so the key word here is emotions so they're emotionally stunted they want to keep the relationship on a shallow level i see yes okay this goes back to their childhood they were most likely emotionally neglected and ignored in early life they perhaps were discouraged or even punished for outwardly expressing emotions and how they feel. That's quite sad, actually. It is. That's why I think we shouldn't be too judgy. Although I can empathise with the fact why it's so annoying to be in a relationship with this kind of person. So, as an example, this is something that their parents might have said. Stop crying over little things. You're so annoying. It's not that much of a big deal. We'll get you another toy. Oh. 
their experiences of being shut down for expressing emotions and showing vulnerability at an early age made them feel it was unsafe to do so. So now they've built walls around their hearts to guard their feelings and you trying to get too close to them makes them feel uncomfortable and unsettled because it contradicts their self-narrative. The inner child in them is frozen in time. Their subconscious mind could sound like, I must not express how I feel or it'll cause problems, I'll get hurt and nobody cares anyways. It's like these people don't know their own self-worth. More repressed, I'd say. In summary, people with an avoidant attachment style grew up in an overly dismissive or abusive environment so now they model that in their own behavior subconsciously i just think it makes sense you know that my ex-wife would be one of these people i mean raised in heaven it must be very oppressive and they can also have trust issues i can see that because whilst they do have emotional needs they feel conditioned to just deal with it in a way that's very dismissive and not share it with others because in the past when they did they were disappointed, somebody let them down, somebody destroyed their feelings. So That's going to be me for the next five years. Good man! So now they're not going to show their emotional side or get too close to anyone because they fear being hurt again. I have a tissue, please. Are you going to wank? No, I'm going to cry. Oh, Dave, just stop acting like a bloody teenager. Just grow up. Well, I'm here bearing my soul, crying about my ex-wife and you're telling me to grow but up. That's what you said to me. Remember when I told you about John Smith? And obviously it turned out to be Rob, but, you know, still. Exactly, he's not even real. And the feelings were real. No, they weren't. Yeah, but my feelings were real to John Smith, even though it was a fantasy, but I still was hurt. I was still heartbroken. If Angela was crying, what would you say to her? Oh my goodness, please darling, hug me. But with me, you say, oh, fucking grow up. This is your misandry, your hatred of men. I don't hate men. Stop being judgy. I'm being judgy. Look, Dave, we've all come to this podcast with a broken heart, right? Nobody's perfect. Let's not judge anybody. We're all fucked up. (laughs) Yes. In one way or another, but we just have to get on with it, don't we? Well, I mean, you've been a very unsupportive friend. I wouldn't be surprised if you're also avoidant attachment style. Well, I am, and I'll be honest with this, an avoidant, fearful attachment style. Uh, That makes more sense, yes. Avoidant, fearful, and neurotic. Oh. No, basically, an avoidant, uh, fearful is someone who has mixed feelings. There's a conflict within. They are looking for connection, but also resisting it at the same time. I think, Dave, you're going to end up like this as well. Maybe. So their attachment style is a combination of feeling too close and distant at the same time. As a result, their communication style and texting habits will be unpredictable and confusing. That's a reflection of how they feel about relationships. I I know, I feel exactly the same. Yes, I think this is more you two than me, personally. We are what you will become. If I become like you two, I have to say I'll be jumping off the top of my building. Dave. What? Do not encourage that. Okay, I see. Fair enough. Yeah, making us feel so terrible about our lives. Well, I felt terrible when you said I'm like you two. You're not like us two. There's just certain traits and behaviours and how we connect with the world around us. There's some similarities with that, so that's what I meant. Right. People with an avoidant attachment style also struggle with being codependent because that can feel really overwhelming for them. Again, it goes back to the kind of environment they grew up in. Their primary caregivers might have been loving and kind in nature, but also very opinionated, very criticizing of them and overly harsh. So deep down, 
they were always on edge because of the mixed messages and then they were worried that they were not wanted. Their texting habits will fluctuate from time to time. They'll sound indecisive and ruminate over little things, perhaps even completely withdraw from you for a short period of time. So let's say that uh, initially you decide to go out somewhere and they're really excited about this. But then they start showing reluctance the next day. They ask too many questions like, how long will it take? Who else is going? Or when do you think we'll get back? Basically every woman I've ever dated in my whole life. Well, no, I don't, I don't think it's just women, Dave. It's an attachment style. Anybody can have that, whether it's men or women. We have to remember something that this attachment style has manifested over a long period of time, which is why I talk about self-reflection, because that's how you can see yourself in new light. These attachment styles that we've talked about, they are your defense mechanisms. They're like the armor that you've created around you to protect you. And it started from your early life. This is how you learn to cope with things. But now the weight of the armor is too heavy. Yes. It's no longer serving you in the same way because in reality, those relationships no longer exist in the same way. Life has changed, things have moved on. So you need to practice letting go which is the acknowledgement. I had to be very honest with myself and I hope that I can also encourage you to be honest with yourself because only when you push yourself out of your comfort zone by being honest and embracing the truth, no matter how difficult it might be to bear, that's the only way for you to allow yourself to see new possibilities. And do you feel that now, if you were dating somebody or making a new friend, that you would be able to better control yourself or represent yourself because you know your own pitfalls? Yes, that's the whole point of this discussion is to identify and label how we behave, the common emotions and thoughts that come into play subconsciously when we make these everyday choices and decisions and how we relate to people. And the important thing to remember here is that I said label the behavior, not the people, not the individuals, mm -hmm. because you can change your behavior. So your behaviors, your actions, your thoughts is not you. What really motivated me to change was the realization that the thing that I fear the most, and this goes to every single attachment style, the thing that you fear the most is far likely to happen if you carry on the way you are. Interesting. Okay, so for example, if you're avoiding because you're worried that somebody's getting too close to you, well, guess what? The other person is going to push in even more to bridge that gap because they're afraid of losing you. They might start texting you even more or even take you out on a holiday because they want to understand what's wrong, why you're being so cold. When I was reflecting on my friendships in the past, obviously they're no longer friends, which is not a surprise. Yeah, it didn't go very well, did it? I could see some of these patterns and they were repeated, you know, with every single relationships. I could understand why people said I was confusing, they couldn't yes. figure me out. I'm too complicated Classic because Zoom. one day I was really excited about something and then the next day I'd cancel my so own you're, plans. You're a bloody handful, Sue Manager. <laughs> it was just easier for me to be alone and in control of myself, although I wanted a connection with other people. I also want to quickly add, there was a part of me thinking if I make too many friends, if I text too much or if I talk to people too much, if I go out on social events, it will distract me from my work. At the same time, it wasn't really achieving what I thought it would because my work involves telling stories. I need to observe the world around me, reflect, try to make sense of things, try to understand life on a deeper level. So it's important for me to socialize, isn't it? 
and connect with others. Yes, where I think that me and Rob have a slightly different problem, where we tend to go out to avoid doing work. Well, I like the easier route in life. So, okay, well, in this sense, then, so what sort of person would you try dating? Are you looking for somebody with a what sort of attachment would fit your attachment? I don't think it matters because, well, there is an attachment style called the secure attachment style. Yes. This is where someone operates on a much more stable psychological state of mind. They're balanced, they're self-aware, they're emotionally intelligent, which means that they have empathy for others. So that's me. I'll just pretend I did not hear that. They can openly and honestly talk about what they need. At the same time, they're comfortable with managing expectation of the other person in the relationship. So not me then. Rob, like I said, we can change this by changing our behaviour, so don't worry too much about it, okay? We're in this together. I've not actually met anybody who had a secure attachment style. I don't think anybody is perfect. Oh, hang on, got someone at the door. I'll be back in a minute. Where are you going, Rob? It's too early to have a prostitute round, surely. Oh my god, in the middle of a podcast recording, how unprofessional. Honestly, so unprofessional. I mean, ridiculous. I mean, I know I'm late sometimes, but I'd never leave in the middle of a show. Just disappointing every single time. What's he doing? Meeting some wench? I don't know. Maybe he's gone to feed his pigeons. Oh, what a sad little man. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. There are other variables why people might leave you on scene and reply later or speak to you in person, such as somebody with an extroverted personality. Okay. So it doesn't mean that people who leave you on scene are always an avoidant attachment style. They could also be extroverted. They prefer to communicate in person because they want to get the intricacies of what they mean, mm-hmm. not through text messages or emojis, but face-to-face, real emotions. Extroverted people, as we all know, are very energetic, they're high-spirited people, so texting isn't meaningful to them. We're all introverted in this group, so we wouldn't fully appreciate a face-to-face communication. Yes, I don't like that. Or a phone call, because introverted people like to take their time and think before we speak whereas a real-time conversation doesn't allow us that opportunity to reflect um so we don't feel as in control of our situation which is how rude honestly literally so unprofessional but it was a date all right a bloody date for what for one minute she took one look at me and ran off Bloody hell, I can't say I'm surprised, really. It hurts, you know. Don't fucking cry, because when I cried, I got Yes, no out. crying, please. You see this, Rob? Two men here trying to express their emotions. And we get shut down. Exactly. Let's go back to being harsh beasts. No, I'm not trying to shut down your emotions. I'm trying to teach you emotional intelligence. Now you're shouting at him. No, I'm trying to teach you emotional intelligence and encouraging other ways to better deal with your emotions so that it doesn't jeopardise the situation that we're in. So it's basically trying to regulate your emotions in a way that you don't lose control over yourself. So I'm just trying to help, okay? Fine. I'll man up. Okay, good. Now, next up, Do you know someone who deliberately texts in lots of details? Because I do. Who does that? Someone who sends, hi, how are you, in three separate lines. I have no idea who does that. There is somebody they might be talking right now. No, I don't believe there's anybody talking right now who does that. I don't think that's a thing that's done by anybody in this room. Okay, okay, fine. Someone with a short, snappy and several texting syndrome is indicative of the anxious attachment style. This is a person who needs lots of attention, lots of assurance because they have unmet needs from their childhood, such as being underappreciated, being unsupported or not cared for in the way that they deserved. 
the anxious attachment style could also emerge in their later life, perhaps as a result of a tragedy, losing a loved one, for example. Yes, or dating somebody who's a bastard. Yeah, they could have been betrayed by somebody who they deeply trusted and admired, and like now they wife who's an angel. If... And now such events have left them feeling insecure. That's not true. So their mind is always thinking of the worst, thinking negative, always preparing for the worst thing ever, which is why they always overreact and violate other people's boundaries. Their text messages will come across as super clingy, obsessive and desperate. <laughs> Suman. And these kind of people need to be mindful that their communication style can be misconstrued as being rude, immature and obsessive because when somebody is trying to make an important point, they don't need to keep interrupting. Oh, bloody hell, the worst. They might say something like, you have forgotten to text me good morning. Oh, can you text me when you get to work? Can you text me that you've had dinner? How long will it take you to drive to my house precisely? Who does do that? And then one day, if you do forget to text them good morning because you might be in a rush or something, they'll complain that you don't love them anymore and they'll get really upset and they'll get really mad at you. Bloody hell. And God forbid, if your phone runs out of battery and they try to contact you and they can't get through, oh my God, it's going to be a big, big Deal. Oh dear. They will make such a big fuss out of that. They cannot cope with uncertainty because their mind is thinking of the worst case scenario. They think something's happening. Is happened. that you, Suman? I've got a feeling that's what you're like. It's not me. Come on. Bloody hell. I bet you're a handful, weren't you? I already told you that I was an avoidant, fearful style. It's This is not me. Yes. And they will have a hard time confronting this because that will add to their anxiety and feeling inadequate. So that's why they need compliments from others. They need others to validate them because that will compensate for their low sense of self. Just like the avoidant attachment style, people with anxious attachment style don't realize that their communication style and how they behave in a relationship will likely to have the opposite effect because it can feel quite irritating and annoying for the other person and they're likely to push away. Dave? Yes? Do you know when you were sending those passionate yes. messages to Angela, lots of emojis and pictures? Lots of pictures. Do you think that might have come across as obsessive and creepy? Right. Well, too much for somebody who's an avoidant attachment. Right. But I mean, I mean, don't you want your husband to be obsessed with you? No. <laughs> you don't want your husband to be obsessed with you. It's controlling. I want my wife to be obsessed with me. Well, you don't have a wife anymore, do you? Oh. You fucking bitch. Dave, I, I'm just stating the facts. I came in today with my heart full of pain, and all you've done is stab me to pieces. I'm just stating the facts. Lies. You don't have a wife anymore. What I am trying to help you understand is why that might be, and how your behavior might have come across to her. See things from her point of view. It might give you some closure. Fine. And I know this is really difficult for you because it's uncomfortable to look for weaknesses in ourselves it's almost like we're trying to look for red flags in ourselves and that could be quite difficult i understand can we not look for green flags instead you can turn them into green flags by paying attention to how you communicate and your texting habits and by changing some of your behaviors no and there are obviously positives of being an anxious uh, attachment style. Obviously, you're somebody who is passionate, somebody who is high-spirited with lots of energy, somebody that values a meaningful connection. Yes. You just need to get to a place of balance and honesty with yourself 
and others okay yeah yeah great now i want to read out a real text message on a special request from one of our listeners and dave why don't you tell me what would be the most sensible thing to do mm-hmm. if you had received this message from someone that you are currently in a relationship with okay all right here it is i just called you because you've not texted me back you didn't even text me when you got to work as you said you would oh my god you know i get worried we've had this conversation before and i don't care what you say this time but you know what it's okay if you don't care i don't care either i won't bother you anymore wow that person needs to be broken up with instantly oh really absolute needy mcneedleberry dave do you think you might have sent something similar never i because never... angela sent me this <laughs> wait say it again yes angela sent me this message this is one of your text messages that i have read out just now angela's lying but why she lies about everything i saw this myself on her phone and it was sent from you it was your number well i was probably drunk okay we all send things when what in the morning at 11 o'clock from the night before i don't know wine can last a long time a devil's sister look just admit that you got anxious you have fear of abandonment. I don't have fear of Look, it's not something to be ashamed of. Well, maybe a bit of a fear of abandonment. Very small, minute fear. Okay, fine. Just a little bit. Someone who has an anxious attachment style, if their mind can't make sense of things, let's say they're trying to read somebody and they can't for whatever reason and they have no idea where this person is now what will happen their subconscious mind will quickly come into play because they're panicking now they need to fill in the gaps and usually there's an inaccurate recall of information from past tragic incidents yes so they start panicking imagining the worst they'll overreact and guess what yes they go to the extremes extreme yes another thing you can look to identify if someone has an anxious attachment style is are they the one always trying to finish off a conversation in a text message especially regardless of if they're adding anything new to the conversation or not so let's say they've said bye you said goodbye and then they put a love heart or they say take care see you tomorrow and then you're like see you tomorrow and they're like love you miss you oh my god they just (laughs) they just have to be the last one in that conversation Um, it's another way of feeling in control and feeling like they have put you right in some way i do like i it. like it when they're submissive yes i think rob enjoys the power doesn't he i do are you texting someone who's an emojist emojis and gifs are always part of their messages they use it with pretty much every sentence i hate that even if you're trying to have a serious conversation they'll put a laughing emoji at the end or lol oh my god it's so annoying isn't it? save it for where it counts exactly it's always women as well that's just stereotyping now aubergines and water splashes um who sent you that i'm just saying those are the only emojis that i use it's true oh my god i get it you're finally becoming a vegetarian dave oh my god after all these years i've been trying to convince you and finally that's exactly right but what about the water splashes what do they represent hydration ah i see great well we are seeing some positive changes in dave thanks to this podcast yes okay so this person that's using lots of emojis and gifs is someone i think who doesn't take life too seriously which is not always a bad thing 
They live in the present moment. Their communication will usually have very little filter to it. So they'll say things without thinking too much. They'll just speak their heart. They'll express who they are. They're trying to keep everything quite cheerful. However, often that's not what the other person wants, especially if you're looking to have a serious conversation, you want to address something that's bothering you and the other person's just not responding with that same energy fucking love heart emoji and you go what the fuck i'm trying to have a serious conversation (laughs) yes exactly that so what that tells me about this person is that they're using humor to spare feelings and hide from real conversations that are needed this texting habit also indicates somebody might be very insecure or hiding from something and it's not that they're hiding something from you it could also be that they're hiding from something that's in their own life something that's bringing them pain or discomfort interesting i've been practicing something in my text messages recently and i can't tell you what a gift it is what saying lol no being honest seriously sometimes (laughs) lol Well, I used to do that. You still do that. I asked him to do something yesterday and then he replies back with, yeah, fine. You're so annoying, by the way. Ha ha, lol, and four laughing emojis. Well, it's true. Excuse me, Rob. That's where comedy works best. You gotta throw light on the shade. Sometimes laughter is not appropriate, Robert. It's always appropriate. If you want to address something that is bothering you, and the other person is just not acknowledging the fact that okay i need to tone this down i need to have a serious conversation i think it's just best to have that conversation with them face to face so that they can see the gravity of the situation that they're in in this podcast we've used comedy talking about difficult subjects to make this a fun and easy listen and make the content more digestible for our listeners. On the other hand, depending on what you're talking about in real life, I think you should just be assertive and confident. If you have to call out bad behaviour, whatever's unacceptable, do so. If you don't, it's going to snowball into something uncontrollable very soon. It's like washing the pots early, not letting all the dirty plates lay lay there for three weeks. I feel personally attacked now. This is not to try and attack anybody. I just confessed about me that I have literally the worst texting habits and communication style, or I had. I came across as confusing, complicated, overwhelmed. And I've acknowledged that's not the right way of being and I'm working on it. So instead of feeling attacked, just use this time and space to help you move forward and hopefully be more successful in your relationships. Well, you don't have one at the moment, but you know. I think actually that's what we should be doing. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think that me and Rob, this season is about finding a wife for both of us. Oh, that's a good plan. Should we go on poll? Yes, as you so eloquently put it, let's go on to pull. Rob, please. No, I'm with Dave on this. Yes. You know, every time you listen to Dave, and you know how it all ends up, usually in scams and bankruptcies and depression. Oh, no, but I like to give him benefit of doubt. Why? Because I'm optimistic people can change. Yes, and me and Rob have had some good times together. Have we? Well, I can't recall a single time you've actually ever been nice to me. I have, and I know there were definitely some that I can't recall right now either, but they definitely happened. Well, I think maybe once or twice. Right, so me and Rob are going to be on the pool, so if any girls are out there listening and you're feeling that you want... Um, custard you know, creams? Yeah, so you want to be custard creamed, then just shout us out on the podcast and let us know. Nobody's going to reach out. Okay, next up, oh, I'm you'd going be surprised, to... surprised, re- darling. I'm going to read out some text messages that wave the red flag about a person. Let's say you catch someone doing something which surprises you. You decide to confront this person 
whoever it may be, could be your parent, could be your sibling, could be your friend, you say, look, I heard you're doing this, or let's say, you know, you're dating my ex, for example. Is this true? I hope it's not a sibling or parent. No, I'm just saying it's something that's come at a huge surprise to you. It doesn't have to be about dating an ex. It could just be that you found out somebody's been talking about you behind your back. And you know this for a fact, okay? You've got your backs checked. So you confront this person and then they say those five magical words. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Kill them. <laughs> so basically, this question is challenging the grounds of the accusation. You've got it all wrong. They have no idea what you're talking about. You'll end up over explaining yourself and exhausting yourself. Mm -hmm. Then you're left thinking, well, how am I going to hold this person accountable when they don't even understand what the charges are? 100%. So asking this question is throwing the ball back in your court, making you doubt your judgment now. Absolute snakes. I bet you know one or two snakes, Dave. Yes. The tactic is to flip the conversation onto you so they can bend it and escape accountability, leaving you confused as hell. And now you're going to start making mistakes because you're so frustrated of over explaining yourself again and again. And then they go, oh, I didn't do that. And you go, no, I don't mean that. What I'm trying to they go, I've got you. And you go, you yes. And sometimes the manipulation is so cunning that you end up in a complete mess. You end up defending yourself. So let's say that they start asking you stupid questions like, well, how would you know if you weren't doing this? Or why, what were you doing over there? Why were you speaking to that person? Is it something I should know about? Mm -hmm. You get angry. You react in a way that will now end up favoring them. So you start defending yourself now. Whereas it should have been the other way around. That's so naughty. And I'm not saying that every time somebody says, what are you talking about? They have done something wrong. What I am saying is that they lacked curious and not ignorant. Because if the person isn't doing the allegation and you confront them, they will acknowledge that there is a problem and they'll want to clear your doubts unless they don't care about you or they're really emotionally mature and they just can't handle confrontation or they might be five-year-olds but most people most sensible people will not create a big deal out of it right now this brings me to a text message somebody has sent in to analyze yes she's asked me to keep her anonymous so let's call her angelica okay she writes that her husband oh dear um Let's call him Davide. Oh, she's just putting it all out there, is she? He had another girl's picture on his screensaver. No. And Lies. it was quite a revealing photo. Oh, Dave. Well, what's wrong with that? So, Angelica confronts her husband. Wow, well. And he acts very surprised. What? He laughs about it for five minutes. And then he says... Do you know what? If we keep on this thing, I'm going to leave right now. He threatens to leave her. This then pushed Angela... Sorry, Angelica to her limits. And she decided to leave him. That's Messages tragic. like, you're always trying to pick fight with me. It hurts me when you think that I am cheating on you or I've lied to you. Basically... The other person is denying you the honesty, the respect, and the dignity that you deserve in that relationship. Lies. Taking advantage of your kindness. You know, this sounds like domestic abuse. So, if you know someone who communicates to you like that, yeah, then message from Angelica is, you need to leave because you deserve better. Exactly. Now, let's move on to the next text message. Look, I just think that we need to stay on this for a little moment and just talk about 
how you guys have been making me out to be some sort of demon. Well, it's true. I'm really just a devil, and Angela to be some sort of saint when she's really just an angel. You've let yourself down. You've let me down. You've let the podcast down. Well, uh, is she blameless in this? Yes. Exactly. So you think that she did nothing wrong? No, she couldn't have. She was an angel, literally. Oh, my God. This is absolutely classic. Any breakup. Oh, no, the woman was a saint, and you are a male beast with your misogynistic views. Dave, remember what I've said at the beginning? What? Our subconscious mind cannot comprehend a conception of a consciousness other than our own. So all these faults that you're trying to look for in other people, guess what? It's you. You're the one who wasn't being honest in the relationship. You're the one who didn't take responsibility. You're the one who had been cheating on her. No, I sent a few flirtatious messages out. You even had a thing with my mum. I'll never get over that. No, that was only over text, not actually in person. Still counts, though. Well, it's not cheating if you just send a little message, is it? It is. Oh, okay, then I cheated then. Are you proud? Um, I, well. So the moral of the story is that Angela was at the end of her rope. Day was always taking advantage of her grace. Her grace? She was never picking a fight with you. Yes, she You just was. dropped the ball every single time. But basically, Dave, you fucked it. Hmm. This brings us to the end of part one. I hope this episode has provided some useful knowledge that will help you form profound connections with people in your life. We all know that there are too many variables for us to judge a person definitively. So in this episode, we've discussed these text messages with a general point of view. And thinking about the possible worst case scenario that might apply to a person with a certain type of communication style. Part two of this episode has been uploaded so you can listen to it straight away. Where we share further examples of communication styles, interesting real life text messages and what they say about a person's underlying motivations and who they really are when we're not looking. We're talking about narcissistic messages, ghosting, people who ask too many questions, but then they won't listen to your response. What does that say about a person? And I'll be sharing text messages I have received on my dating app. So make sure you check that one out.